Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. I want to end uh, this series of dealing with yesterday with that topic uh, today. I, I actually had two topics for you, and I'm going to give you in a minute. But uh, the Lord is with you. I want you to put that in the chat right now. The Lord is with you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, bless this word. Bless our time together. I pray that your spirit would rest upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, I don't want you musicians. Y'all don't go too far. Don't go far away because I'm going to use y'all later on. Not for y'all to make me sweat, but I'm going to use y'all, though. Everywhere in the comment section, one more time, put the Lord is with you. I had every message I'm always going between. I titled these messages like 10 different things before I land on one. I just finally choose one. I'm like, all right, let's just go with this one. But uh, the Lord, if I were to give a subtopic to this particular one, uh, I would like to, um, not to title it again, but uh, to say, based on even last week, to pick up on where we were last week, uh, that you put in the chat right now, I've got oil for this. I've got I've got oil for this. So uh, so you can choose whatever topic you want. I don't know what they're going to call it when it makes it to YouTube or whatever, but the Lord is with you and subtopic, I've got oil for this. On uh, January the 20th, uh, we witnessed a transfer of power, a transfer from one leader to the next, from one administration to another, and from one way of governing to the next. It was a transfer. A transfer happened. Uh, whether you agree or disagree uh, with the new administration, it happened. A new transfer, a transfer happened on January 20th, and we, uh, the people, uh, must govern ourselves accordingly. Now, on the flip side of what these things happen as far as this transfer um, of power and transfer of stage and transfer of governing, uh, oftentimes we think that it this moment of transfer, we think that people arrive at it overnight, uh, when in reality, a lot of times the transfers that happen in our life are not always as glorious as January the 20th. You don't always have the pomp and the circumstance. You don't always have um, all this uh, military presence and you don't have people dressed up. Sometimes transfers of power and transfers uh, can somewhat be messy or somewhat in a sense of um, it creates a sense of entitlement that one doesn't want to let go of the position or the reins of which they had. And when we look at the people on January the 20th who had just gotten transferred into power, we find that our new president, Joe Biden, had three failed attempts before finally becoming the president of the 46th president of the United States. Uh, Kamala Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris, before becoming the first black 
Asian woman elected to the office of the Vice Presidency of the United States, an HBCU grad, and a proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and a former senator of California. Before she became uh, this historic um, icon now as far as a vice president, regardless of what she does, regardless of what happens next, she has made history. Uh, regardless of that, before she became this history maker, uh, she also had an unsuccessful run as president of the United States of a campaign that did not go well. Uh, the youngest poet laureate to ever um, do a poem or speak in that fashion at inauguration, a 22-year-old by the name of Amanda Gorman has been widely praised for her words and many people are talking about how great she was and how she stole the show and articles are talking about her and the morning news shows are all interviewing her talking about how great she was and we look at this uh, what seems like an immediate ascent into historic prominence and prominence and we look at that and it seems as if at her early age, it came rather quickly because we're saying she's 22. That, that happened really fast. But for her, uh, she mentioned that growing up, she struggled with speech impediments and that hindered her from speaking publicly and hindered her from speaking certain syllables or saying certain words or different things and syllables and it was very difficult for her. And she says that people oftentimes come up to her and they say that it is so amazing all the different things that you have done uh, in spite of your speech impediment, like that you were able to do all these wonderful things and now you're the youngest poet laureate to be able to speak and Maya is smiling down on heaven looking at you and, and it's, you did all of that uh, and it's, it's amazing that you did that in spite of a speech impediment and she responds and says it always amazes me when people say that they can't believe that I did all this stuff with a speech impediment she said and I want to say I did all of these different things because of a speech impediment because I had a struggle, because I had something that I had to fight through, that's what got me to where I am. She said, it surprises me that people don't see it that way. And I, I gave you those examples, though, that these people did not make the text today. And these people did not make uh, what I'm going to be ministering to as it relates to Saul and David and that transfer. No, it didn't relate to that. But when I think of it, sometimes we think that shifting and transfers often happen so easily. And we think that as soon as we see all these people that we consider to be overnight successes and we don't realize often times that these are people uh, who it wasn't because of the in spite of what they had and it was they said because of what I had I was able to press through because the Lord was with me and they had oil for what their assignment was and I want you to put that in the chat right now that I've got oil for this I've got this is the reason that I have uh, to continue to transcend seasons and continue to endure 
and continue to survive because of the oil that is on my life and that the Lord is with me and it continues to confirm that on my life. And when we get to this particular text, we pick up last episode that we were together and we find that it said, as that particular episode ended, we find that, that David was not uh, one of the chosen uh, according to the people, according to his family, but he was chosen according to the oil. When the oil uh, started to pour, it rested on somebody who was not the first picked. He was not the one who they would have chosen, but that is the one that the Lord spoke to Samuel. He said, rise up, get him, anoint him, because this is the one that the Lord wants to use. And the oil poured on him, and the scripture says, and from that day forward, the spirit of the Lord rested on him from that day forward. Now, what happened after that? After Now we pick up in verse 14 and we find that the spirit of the Lord departed. The spirit of the Lord came upon uh, David, chose him, but we also find that the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. Now, some people will say the Lord doesn't send tormenting spirit. No, he may not, but he will allow it. Uh, when you are outside of his will, when you're not where you need to be, and when you're in a place of disobedience, there are things that will come upon you that he will sometimes allow because you weren't where you needed to be. And Saul did not hold his end of the bargain. And because of that, the kingdom was stripped from him. And it said from that point, the spirit of the Lord departed from him and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. But verse 15 says, and Saul's servant said to him, because this is what is interesting, even though the spirit of the Lord left him, even though the word came by the prophet and said, uh, the kingdom, you, the kingdom has been torn from you this day. Uh, we do find that Saul still stayed in position. He stayed in spot. He stayed in leadership, though he was not anointed for it anymore. Uh, just because you oftentimes we see people that are in positions doesn't mean that just because some people in spots that they are anointed for the spot that they're in because we just found out in the scripture uh, earlier that the spirit of the Lord the oil started to flow on David which meant that David was in David was called and anointed for something that he wasn't yet seated in and I don't ever want you to get comfortable and get arrogant and ever get to the point that you think that you cannot be replaced don't ever get to the point that you think that the show won't go on without you don't you ever get to the point that you think that everything rises and sets upon you oh no God raises up who he wants to and he pours down he pulls down who he wants to and such is this scripture here that the spirit departed from Saul and a harmful spirit of the Lord tormented him and Saul's servants the ones who were around him noticed that the spirit of the Lord was not on him that's why it's very important that you have people that are around you who are not impressed by you, but people that are around you who will tell you the truth and people that are around you who will say it ain't on you no more. I remember you used to be on you, but it's not on you anymore. And I know many of us want to be praised, but sometimes you need someone who will be a, a professional critic of you. They're not, not trying to tear you down. They just want what's best for you. And they said to him, they noticed that what was on him was not on him anymore. And you need people like that in your life to tell you sometimes your stuff does stink. 
significant. You need people in your life who are not impressed. Come on, put in the comment section if you got somebody like that in your life who's not impressed by you, but they'll lift you and they'll be there for you. But when you're wrong, they tell you that you're wrong. And that's what happened. The people look and they said a harmful spirit is tormenting you. And they said, but we have a solution to this. They said, let us now command your servants, command us because you're still in position, even though you're not anointed. Even though the oil's not on you anymore, but 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 you're still in leadership. So I still have to respect and I can't do anything outside of this. I don't know who I'm ministering to. He says, let the let us let command us to go find out and seek a man who's skillful in playing. Skillful in playing the lyre. The lyre was like a harp. It's like eight strings. And, and send me someone who's 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 skillful. And when the harmful spirit of God is upon you, when 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 you when that that torment comes upon you, when that mental anguish is what it was talking about comes upon you, uh, he will play. And when he plays, that evil spirit will lift off of you. Uh, there was something that 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 has crept in, something uh, that is settling into you that is not godly. But if we can get a godly man in here, it can usher out what is ungodly. You have to be careful and protect your atmosphere during this season right now. That you might be in an ungodly household, you might be in an ungodly season. You might feel like you're tormented at your job and tormented in so many different areas. But when you bring in somebody who is a Anointed for that particular thing, an anointed man of God. That's what he said. He said, bring me somebody who's skillful and knows what to do when I'm tormented. And when they brought that man in, they said, when you bring him, you will, he will play for you and he will be well. You will be well. Verse 17. So Saul responded. Uh, uh, this is important because uh, I'm getting different things I want to share with you. Saul said to the servants, provide me this man. Um, Obviously, uh, the leader, Saul, though he wasn't anointed, still trusted who was around him. So if they had a suggestion, he listened to it. Everything, for those of you who are leaders, those of you who are in different areas, every idea you have is not great. But sometimes the greatest idea is by people who are around you. So they responded. He said, hey, that, that sounds great. I'm tormented. If you got an answer for it, help me with it. He says, so the, the Saul said to the servants in verse 17, he said, provide for me a man who can play well and bring him to me. And one and one of the young men answered and said, behold, I've seen a son, a young son uh, of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Now, now they didn't know. This is why, that, why I'm telling you the story. Uh, they didn't. They were not there when the oil was poured. They were not there when the anointing was confirmed, was on him. They, they weren't there. They didn't see everything, the transaction that happened between Samuel, but they had been watching. Uh, I want to I tell you, somebody's watching you. Somebody's, somebody's noting how you're responding and what you're doing in this season and, and what you're, what, how you're operating and how you're handling the season that you're in right now. And he said to them, he says, Saul, they said, we've noticed somebody in the house of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. He's skillful in playing. Uh, he's a man of valor. Uh, he's, he's a man of war. 
Valor means he has integrity. Man of war meaning he can throw hands when he needs to. It says, and then he's prudent in speech. And it says, and he's a man of good presence, meaning that when he comes into the room, you'll never be ashamed that he's there. And then it ends and says, and the Lord is with him. Gave him all these different things. It's one thing for you to be a lot of different things, but you don't have the presence of the Lord on you. He said, but the Lord is with him, which is to say, if, if you're going to be able to have the Lord with you, if the oil is going to be on you, if you're going to have the oil, whatever you want to call this title this message you got or for it you got to make sure that you're consecrated that's what they said about David we've noticed someone who's not just skillful but they're consecrated uh, I want to tell you I know we don't use terminology like that too much anymore uh, because we are, are, are trying to make sure where some of us are dumbing down words that should not be dumbed down and we're making complicated things that should not be so complicated but the word uh, the word uh, consecration means it's someone who's devoted. It means someone who is prepared. It means someone who is in place. He, he is consecrated. Now, I know his family overlooked him. His family didn't think much of him. But, but I've noticed that the Lord is with him. I've noticed that he's, he's got a consecrated life. Because in order for him to deal with your stuff, he's going to have to be consecrated. In order for him to be able to help you through your anguish and through your, your serious uh, miseries that you're going through, the Lord is going to have to be with him. And he says, and he's consecrated. Now, you have to understand that after David had the oil poured upon him, we never hear that David got a t-shirt made and walked around saying the oil is on me. <laughs> David never walked around gloating about what he was what, what was on him we find in scripture that David went back where he was I, I don't want to skip ahead too much but he was consecrated he said provide me a man I heard there was somebody and David didn't walk around talking about he, he he wasn't like Joseph and I know Joseph meant well but Joseph didn't walk around saying I had a dream y'all were going to bow down to me David didn't walk around saying, I know I'm going to be a king. Y'all might as well start worshiping me now. He, he didn't do that. Sometimes you need to be oily and quiet. Sometimes you need to have the oil on you. Sometimes you need to have great ideas and be careful who you share it with. Sometimes you have to have the gift and the anointing of hush your mouth. Sometimes put in the put in the chat right now. Hush your mouth. Some of you are oiling. It's not that you're oily, but you're trying. You think the oil is about you and the oil was never about you. The reason that he put it on you is because he had something for you to do. David never walked around parading talking about the oil that was on him but it says that David went back and I want to I want to point this to you many times I heard this a person say this a popular phrase when it says that if serving is beneath you then leadership is above you if you ever get to the point where serving is beneath you and it's not that important then leadership is above you because Jesus said he who thinks he is great must be servant of all uh, David did not get caught up in that. Uh, Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I already knew you. I already knew exactly what you would be. I, I, before you were born, I'd already consecrated you. I'd I already put in you a seed to be devoted. And I've already appointed you. So we go on and, and verse 19 says, therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me David, your son. Who was with the sheep, the messenger here, not Saul, but the messenger went to the dad and said, send me David, your son, who was with the sheep. 
He knew exactly where he was. He didn't have to look for David because he knew he's going to find David serving. When David got the oil, he still stayed in the posture of consecration. Many of you are moving out of spot because of an opportunity. But if you don't stay in your consecrated spot, you're not going to stay in the opportunities that you get because you didn't let the oil seep in long enough. You know, when they even had the oil in the Old Testament times and they would even use sometimes on sheep when they had wounds and stuff, they would have to set and stay there for a while so they can get into their wounds so that their wounds would not stay open. And there are some of you who you need oil for your wounds. Because if you don't allow the oil of God and the anointing of God to heal you while you're broken, then when you get an opportunity to be lifted, you're going to hurt everyone every time you get a chance. So that's what David did. It says, Saul, uh, the, the, sir, the, the messenger said to, David, to Jesse, his dad, he says, send me your son who is with the sheep. Uh, and Jesse took a donkey laden with bread and skin and wine and young uh, gold and sent him to David, his son. And, and David came to Saul and entered his service. Now, now I'm skipping through this, but, but this is the part because he said he went to him. The Lord is with you. Uh, the oil is on. You got the oil on your life. You got it. You got it. You not only have to be consecrated because David was consecrated. He was devoted to what it is that he was doing. But when the messenger came to the house and he said to Jesse, he says, send me your son. He's over there out in the field. I know where he is. He's with the sheep. The only reason that David went is because he was called. Some of you are going where you're not called. David only went, he only moved from a spot of consecration because he was called from it. There are many of you all who are winning where you weren't sent. I know it sounds all types of grammatically incorrect, but some of you are going and you're winning where you're not sent. I'm not talking about W-I-N-N-I-N-G. I'm talking about W-E-N-T. You're going places that you have not been sent and you, you're saying you're getting to your assignment. You're getting somewhere and you're looking for the oil, but the oil will only go where you've been sent. If you haven't been sent there, you have no oil for it. But because David stayed in the consecrated spot, he got he got called upon and he was called from consecration or he stayed in that spot of consecration until he was called. And I want someone to put in the chat right now. Stay there. Just stay there. And I know it seems like you're in a rush and I know some of y'all are dealing with anxiety. And some of you are dealing and you're feeling like no one knows or no one, no one sees you or no one knows exactly what you're called to do. But I'm saying stay in the spot of consecration until you're called. God knows exactly where you are. The anointing knows exactly where you are. The oil knows exactly where you are. You, you, uh, the scriptures we said just last week and earlier in this particular text that, that it saw the Lord spoke to Samuel and he said to him, go to the house of Jesus. Jesse the Bethlehemite, I have provided myself a king there. Uh, Jesse didn't have, I mean, uh, Samuel didn't have to look up on Google. Uh, Samuel didn't have to look up on, on, on uh, uh, um, the marketplace on Facebook. Uh, he didn't have to put anything in the search engine. The Lord said to him, go to this house. When you get to that house, what you need is in the house. And I want to tell you, somebody is coming looking for you because God knows exactly where you are. Someone put in the chat right now, God knows where I am. I'm almost finished here. I don't have a lot to tell you. I just want to remind you that the Lord is with you. Somebody put in the comment section. 
section, the Lord is with me. He was called from where he was. He was called from where he was because he was in a consecrated spot and his dad sent him with, with bread and with wine and with a young goat because he wanted to make sure that wherever he went, the young goat meant sacrifice. That wherever David went, he was supposed to make sure not only did he have the sweetness of wine, but he had to have the bloodiness of consecration and sacrifice. Now, I want to tell you that ministry can be sweet and messy. Ministry can be sweet and bloody. Ministry can be sweet and sacrificing. You will have to have the sweetness of the anointing, but you'll have the burden of the call. You'll have the sweetness of the anointing of his presence, but you'll have the burden of prayer and praying for people. I don't know if there's anybody in the room, anybody who's listening right now, who you've had the burden or the duality of being, of being able to have the strength of the Lord, but being weak in your flesh. You've been able to think on the goodness of the Lord, but you dreaded Monday and going to work. Sometimes you'll be in the mix and between all these different places. And that's what David was saying. He was saying in this, he said, that's what his daddy was setting him up for. He said, you can have wine, but you're going to have a young goat because you're going to have to give a sacrifice. And David at that point in verse 21, David came to Saul, entered into Saul's service and Saul loved him greatly. And he, David, became Saul's armor bearer. Now, where they do that at? Where does the person who's anointed for the job serve the person who's still in place? Where is that type of Christian? Who you stay serving until it's your time. I'm not talking about uh, where we're screenshotting and, and tearing others down and saying, if I were them, I would do this. And if I were them, I, I personally during this pandemic, there are so many different things. And many of you all can attest to it. So many different people who have revealed themselves in a certain season where what happens is when you're down, don't keep me down help me get back up. When we're going through, don't talk about me going through. Help me reach out a hand, lift me up while I'm down. And that's what happened today. David. David looked at him. He saw that the anointing wasn't upon him. David knew that the anointing was on him but David didn't go to Saul and say the anointing's on me. He didn't say any of that. He just served him until it was time for him to get into that place because he was called to that position. Through here because I think about it when I was a child and when I was growing up um, I grew up um, in the music ministry as a child. I grew up um, in music ministry, when I grew up in the music ministry, um, I grew up with my granddaddy and my grandfather. Uh, when he would play, uh, he had a stroke. And when he played, uh, he would play in the key of E flat. Um, and I would go up there and play right now, but I, I mean, because we got masks on, all that type of stuff, I don't want to put them in a place. Uh, but but we, he would play in E flat, and in his left hand, he would only play with one finger. Uh, that's all he could do based on his stroke. Well, I didn't really necessarily know that at that time. Uh, I just knew that I was called to music at around age eight, around age nine, I think. That's when I started playing. I think it was around that time. And I started playing. And, and when I started playing, I, I, I noticed uh, that I was uh, replicating what he did. Uh, he played in one key. I played in one key. Uh, he played with one finger in his left hand. I played with one finger in my left hand. He would play just a closer walk with me a certain way. I played just a closer walk with me the same way he played it. Whatever he did, I did it because that was all I knew at that time. 
Uh, so I knew I was called to it, but I was replicating what I saw. And so what I saw was what I did, even though there could have been more, but because I had not seen more, I did exactly what it is that I had saw. And this is what happened when we come to the scripture. What does it have to do with the scripture? Because in verse 23 says, and then Saul sent for Jesse and said, let David remain in my service for he has found favor in my sight. Not only was David consecrated, not only David, not only was David called to it, but when David got in the room, it says that when he said to him, he said, oh, no, let this guy stay here. He's got to stay here. There's something about him because what was he was called to was confirmed when he got in the room. Somebody put it was confirmed. It was confirmed. David got in the room and it was confirmed. And I said that story to you about my granddad is because when I was growing up um, at nine and 10 and 11 until I moved into uh, this particular part of Kentucky, I was born in western Kentucky, but then I moved to central part of Kentucky in 1991 when my dad started to pastor and then I was introduced to a teacher by the name of Mr. Marion Rogers and when I went to take a piano lessons from him I went to him playing just like what I had been exposed to and I was playing just like my granddaddy had showed me or just like I had seen but then when my when my got with Mr. Marion he said you don't have to play with one finger why are you only playing with one finger in your left hand and I said because that's what I have seen and that's all I've known and, and I, I don't know any other way and he said I want you to start practicing to stretch out your your hands in the base uh, section he said because there is more in you than what you're doing and there you're capable of doing more than you're playing and it wasn't until I got with him that what I was called to do was confirmed and all of a sudden I started to stretch out my fingers to be and it hurt for a minute because stretching does hurt and there are some of you who are watching right now who you're in a season of stretch where you've been stretched in finances and stretched in personalities and stressed at your job and stretched in your family and stretched in your stretch in your mental capacity and sometimes stretching sometimes seems to cause you stress maybe that's why I'm trying to go in between the stretch and the stress and I don't know who it is this minute I'm ministering to and talking to right now if you're in the comment section right now put that's me I'm dealing with both S's I'm stretched and the stretching is causing me to be stressed I, I, I want you to put in the comment section I know you're too sanctified to be honest but mama donna would say if she were here if you tell the truth you can get some help i want to i want to talk to somebody right now who you're in between being stretched and stressed and while i was there with mr marion i had to practice the stretch uh, it wasn't something that came naturally uh, I didn't I knew I was called that's what David he was called but in order for him to get in this room I'm finished here in order for him to get into this room that meant while he was in his consecrated place he was practicing he didn't just get into the room with Saul without some practice behind the scenes. And there are some of you right now who you, instead of practicing what to do when you get stretched, you're just causing yourself more stress because you're complaining about your stretch. I don't know who I'm ministering to right now. And instead of you being able to learn what you need to learn in this stretch, you are constantly complaining. My coworkers do this. My job does this. My mind's doing this. On the news is this. Sometimes you need to cut it off. I'm worried about this. 
I'm worried about that. And I've got to do this. And I've got to do Zoom. And I've got to pair. And I've got all these different things. But there's something about the stretch. My teacher, Mr. Marion, was not telling me to stretch so that it could hurt me. He was telling me to stretch because he wanted to help me because he didn't want me to be hindered by somebody else's limitations. My grandfather had a stroke and my grandfather was limited by what he could do. And I was picking up the habits of what I had seen in my grandfather and I was causing my ceiling to be low because I thought that his struggle was my struggle. But Mr. Marion confirmed that there was something else inside side of me and he said this might hurt you but I want you to stretch because it's going to help you put in the comment section right now I need you to stretch I, I need you to stretch and we used to have the cosmetolitan house of prayer singing right now they would say stretch out and I want somebody put in the comment section just stretch out just stretch out and that's what happened the only reason that David got to the room is because of what was in him the only reason that David got to the room is because of what he had but he had to practice stretching that thing out he had to practice that thing and I want right now I, I need somebody who's some musicians and those of you who are singers and those of you who are watching right now you think that your gifts and your skills and your talents and whatever it is is not that important but God has a call and God has an assignment for you and it's going to be confirmed when you get into the room if I were preaching Hamilton right now now God's going to put you in the room where it happens. He's going to show you something when you get in the room. And verse 23 says, it says, and whenever the harmful spirit, the tormenting spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the leer. Um, I think everybody's missing it in the room, obviously, because it says whenever the harmful spirit came upon Saul, the harmful spirit came upon him to torment him. David took what he had. David took what he had been practicing. David took his instrument and he put it in his hand. Whenever the harmful spirit came, whenever sickness came, whenever darkness came, whenever hardship came, he took the harm. He took the he took what he had. He took his instruments and he played in his hand I wish I had some musicians right now and I just want you to start playing anything right now because y'all waiting on me I don't want you to back up I just want you to start playing right now because those of you who are watching right now whenever a harmful spirit starts to come upon you whenever there's something that is happening in your house whenever there's something that is coming against your mind you need to create an atmosphere in your house you need to create an atmosphere in your room create an atmosphere in your mind where it cannot stay where torment cannot stay where darkness cannot stay you have to create an atmosphere you have to create an atmosphere you have to create an atmosphere music has the ability to drive out dark spirits music has the ability to be able to worship has the ability to drive out stress it has the ability to drive out suicidal thoughts it has the ability to drive out sickness and i want you right now wherever you are create an atmosphere create an atmosphere but hold on one second hold on I want to ask the musicians a question. Uh, I know y'all think I've, I haven't forgotten about y'all, but I'll ask y'all. When you play, how long do you practice before you play? Someone said hours? A long time? 
30 minutes, that's what's wrong. So I'm saying to some of y'all <laughs> that you're right where you are. <laughs> and the reason that you are where you are is because you're trying to fight a year demon with 30 minutes of God's presence. And you can't fight a deep demon with just dipping into his presence every once in a while. You got the musicians practice for a long time for you to get the right riff and for you to get the right run. And I want to tell you, when you are trying to fight something, when you're trying to fight something that's coming against you, when something's coming against your mind, you just can't play with God. You just can't play with prayer. You have to get to the point that you stay there. Stay there to a place that you say, I'm going to stay right here in this presence. I'm going to stay right here in this presence. I'm going to stay right here in this presence. I'm going to keep my hands up. I'm going to keep my hands clapping. I'm going to open up my mouth because I'm tired of being tormented. Know it's been a long season for you I know some of you are dealing with seasonal affective disorder and many of you are going through hard seasons but I came to church today to give you a moment to get your mind back I came today to give you a moment to get your praise back I came to give you a moment to get your heart right I came to give you a moment for you to lift up your hands to the hills. I came to give you a moment for you to go back to what your granddaddy used to do, to what your grandmama used to do. I know it might seem strange, and I know it might seem funny, and I know you say it, don't take all of that. But if my granddaddy were here, he ain't here. But Deacon C.J. Bolt would get up sometimes and he would say, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know. If thou withdraw thy hand from me, where shall I go? Somebody in the chat section, lift your hands say I'm tired of being tormented I need a David I'm tired of going through I need a David I'm tired of things like this I need a musician I need an atmosphere I need an atmosphere I need a worship I need a praise I ain't praising because I'm emotional I'm praising so I don't become delusional I'm not praising because I'm trying to sweat. I'm praising because I don't want to stress. I've got to praise him. Come on, church. Come on, Grove Point. Come on, Mississippi. Come on, Ohio. Come on, Alabama. Come on, Tennessee. Come on, Midwest region. Give God praise. Usher in God. Let God arise. Let God arise, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, 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 
Let suicide be scattered. Let racism be scattered. Let political agendas be scattered. Let competition be scattered. Let suicide be scattered. Let your mind be in perfect peace. Let your mind be in perfect peace as a state on God. You need a David. You need a David. Let me tell you what David said. I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord. I'm sorry, y'all. I've been trying not to preach like this. But the reason the Lord is with me, my last point is because of what I carry. I carry the oil. I carry his presence. When I walk into a room, I get I carry his presence. When I walk into sickness, people get healed. When I walk into death situations, people get up because I got oil. It's because of what I carry. It wasn't because David looked good, but what he had. What he had was what Saul needed. And I want to tell somebody what you have is what somebody else needs. You already carry it. You already got 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 the oil. Use it. Use what you got. Use what you got. Drip with it. Walk with it. Take it to your job. Take it to your house. Take it to your mind. Put it in your finances. Say, I'm carrying oil. I'm carrying oil. Come on, musicians. Play real quick. Carry oil. Driving out that demon. I'm driving out that demon. You will not give up in this season. You will not throw in the towel in this season. You cannot quit in this season. You can't walk in this season. You can't walk away. Tell the devil, I changed my mind. Tell the devil, I changed my mind. Tell the devil, I changed my mind. I think I'm gonna live. I think I'm gonna live. I think I'm gonna live because of what I carry. The oil's in me. The oil's on me. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Now historians believe that the ancients believed 
that music had a mysterious influence in healing mental disorders and I don't know if there's anybody who's watching today you felt that you've been fought in your mind well I before we end this broadcast today before we end church today I want to tell you take that thing bring it before God put it on your feet and say I'm over it now I'm over it now because I've got oil because I've got oil I've been consecrated I've been consecrated that's what I've been going through I've been consecrated and because I was consecrated I've been called call has been confirmed because of what I carry somebody take a moment right now everywhere all across the world give God one more one more praise one more praise one more praise thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus, for giving me oil. me everybody everywhere I want you listen I mean I, I appreciate because um, we are a shouting church let me tell you but listen for this season you don't have to shout it out you need an atmosphere to cast it out because some of you have been shouting with the demons you need to cast out and for this season when you come out of it listen when it says the Lord is with me and, and I got oil for this I want you I, I, I want to shout and I want to praise God because I do it all day long I want to do that but some of these things that have been tormenting you Saul some of these things that have been tormenting you people something you're watching right now you need to take authority over that thing and cast that thing out and say as far as me and my house we will serve the Lord we will not sit here I will not be tormented in my mind I will not be tormented another day. Someone put in the chat section and say another day. I will not be tormented another day. I will not be tormented another day. I will not be tormented another day. Put in the comment section, not another day, not another child, not another cousin. Not another uncle, not another aunt, not another sickness, not another day. I will not be tormented again. I will create an atmosphere to drive that thing out we don't talk about driving out demons anymore because we want to shout on stuff we need to cast out these things are real some of you have been seriously tormented 
And I, as your pastor and as a prophet of the Lord, want to speak to you and say, cast that thing out. You have authority over it. You have authority over it. If you're tired of being broke, speak to it. You're tired of where you're at, speak to it. Somebody say, well, I spoke to it before you spoke and didn't believe. Don't speak for a speech. Speak for faith. <laughs> By faith, I speak to every mountain. By faith, I speak to everything that is coming against me. I'm not a fanatical. I'm faith-filled. Because I got faith. I don't want to come in a room. I don't want to come in a room fighting a devil I'm trying to be friends with. David came into that place saying, I, I'm not interested in your position or your spot. I'm anointed for this room. <laughs> Someone put in the comment section, I'm anointed for this room. I'm through here. My last point is what you carry will be confirmed by the call it will be confirmed what you carry will be confirmed by the call i pray that something about this message something about this message minister to you in a way that you needed it today cast that thing out create an atmosphere create an atmosphere create an atmosphere when we log off create an atmosphere if you got to get on your knees create an atmosphere if you got to go to your room by yourself create an atmosphere <sighs> i want to pray for you i want to pray for everybody everybody who's watching right now father in the name of jesus christ i lift up every person every we we lift our hands to you in surrender saying I, I i can't do this without your oil i just can't yesterday has been difficult but i can't get through yesterday without your oil give us the ability to cast out to cast out from our minds our thoughts our minds so that we can be what you called for us to be i thank you for it in jesus name this week church this week brothers sisters friends I want you to stop saying what you can't do. And I want you to say, I've got oil for it. All week long, if someone asks you, what about the job? I got oil for it. I, I, I'm carrying something. I, I got it. I got this. I can handle it. It's going to be all right. You're going to make it, my brother. You're going to make it, my sister. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at MyGrowthPoint. Until next time, keep growing.